backboard banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's as ferocious as Baylor's defense in that NCAA championship game. Dude, they out-rebounded them 34-17. to 17. Everybody had the zags going in, but Baylor, I mean, they're coming out first national championship for them. Dude, I should have known no undefeated team in NCAA history in basketball. Uh, knew it should have just continued. The Zags were so close. Get to be one of the greatest teams of all time to not win it. But man, Baylor manhandled them. You're right. Out-rebounded, out-defense, just bigger bodies. Dude, this kid, Mark Vidal, had eight offensive rebounds. The Zags had one total Jeez. in their game. Like, they got... They were more athletic. They were bigger. It was a bad matchup. Timmy got pushed out for the Zags. But Matt, the cracks showed in the semifinals against UCLA. They barely scraped by. All right. I had it. I, th- I thought it was going to happen. I believed in the UCLA upsets, upset city. They could have gone four upsets in a row. Would have been unreal. But hey, it didn't happen. The Zags got through only to get crushed by a Baylor team that dominated against Houston in the semis. It's just another story of NCAA tournaments. Dude, you probably should have said something about the Zags beating UCLA because you cursed UCLA. That Jalen Suggs <laughs> overtime, like almost from midcourt uh, three-pointer, that was beautiful. Way to get them in there, Kev. Way to get them in there. <laughs> man, I tried. I really tried. They had those two upsets. If they had have upset the Zags, man, they would have had the storyline. They would have had the potential going up against Baylor and that mental challenge that the Zags had to overcome to do a truly undefeated season, I mean, they lost by 16 points. So uh, it obviously was not going well for those kids in the end. But hey, Matt, it is what it is. College basketball, it's over. I mean, it's April, right? So uh, we're past March Madness. Yeah, man. It's going to be on to the draft for most of these kids. And, uh, you know, I almost cursed us into a 3-0 week because between you and I, can't get anything right. <laughs> Honestly, I was laughing, you know. We were up what 30 in Gold State and you were like, it means nothing. We're gonna still we're still gonna lose this. Oh oh three week and man, if it wasn't for the Lakers coming out strong, we could have had that three a week. But Matt, I'm getting too far ahead of myself. Too much hardwood talk. Talk to me about the NHL, my dude. Well, dude, COVID has been running rampant in Canada lately. I must have cursed us early on when I was bragging about it, but Vancouver, the second team to get hit with COVID, got hit super hard. They have 18 players and three coaches currently on the protocol list, and I don't know what the schedule is going to look like for them when they get back. I'm pretty sure the NHL's already announced that it's going to go later than they anticipated, which is going to push the playoffs. It's going to get some teams sitting, waiting around. It's not a great look for the NHL right now, but at least it's kind of contained to one team. Well, I mean, that's the positive, I guess. But Matt, when you have an outbreak like this, like things are going to happen. The schedule is going to be blown like that many players. It's crazy. What are these what are these guys doing? Are they all kissing each other? I don't know. Like, obviously, in all seriousness, you know, the variant was hitting them. You know, it's spreading. Canada, Ontario just released lockdowns. So People got to be serious about this COVID thing right now. Yeah, man, 100%. Adam Gaudet, they caught the test late, the positive test, and he was already on the ice with everyone. And I guess he must have drank out of everyone's water bottles or something. <laughs> but, yeah. geez, that's brutal for them. Um, Whatever, man, you can't change it. COVID's around. COVID's a thing. 
And uh, at least the NHL trade deadline's coming up, so I got some interesting, fun things to talk about there. Some big spicy moves, Matt, coming up? Yeah, man. Well, I was expecting it to kind of get later towards the 12th, um, towards that Monday, but we got some trades last night, man, and today. There's a five-player deal involving Florida and Chicago. That one's a little bit small, not really big potatoes. The biggest one happened last last night, man. Kyle Palmieri, who is one of the biggest fish on the market, and Travis Zajac, who is a great you know NHL center for his career. He's played over 1,000-plus games, over 500 points. Uh, got traded for career minor leaguers, A.J. Greer and Mason Jops, who have a total of 36, 37 games of uh, NHL experience between the two of them, all for Mason, and six points. They got a first rounder, but that was really about it. I mean, a conditional fourth. They had to retain 50% of each of their salaries. New York fleeced them, buddy. That's a risk. That just sounds like a pure risk. Go go New York. I'm always happy about that. Yeah, man. I saw that trade mid-game last night, and I tweeted out, man, the Islanders are coming for it. They're really coming for it this year. We'll see. Though I mean, hey, they're a smart organization, so I have hope. Man, Lou Lemorello is a great general manager, and he went off went after players that he already knows. He used to be the GM in New Jersey. I mean, that was two stops ago. Uh, he knows Kyle, he knows Travis, and he wants them to fit into their team, so he knows what he's doing out there. Though, there are still plenty of players on the trade bait list. I had Kyle Palmieri at the top of mine, but now it's Taylor Hall. He's got that one year left, uh, one year this year. Uh, so he's going to be a UFA at the end of the year. He hasn't been the same since the 17-18 season when he won the heart. Um, when Arizona traded for him last year, they actually got worse. Buffalo is struggling with him on the team. He's 29 and has only 14 games of playoff experience. I don't That's not good. Yeah, and I don't know who's going to trade for him and what they're going to give up, especially in this kind of market. You might not even need to give up a first rounder to get him. Wild. Some GM is going to find a nice steal, get a good fleece in that kind of situation. Well, I know the Toronto Maple Leafs are kicking tires on him. Uh, hopefully my Montreal Canadiens are because after last night, it shows that we need a dynamic forward. Um, another guy who could really help out teams, uh, got great playoff experience has always been a playoff performer, Nick Foligno. The guy's played almost a thousand NHL games, almost got 500 points. And he's the type of player who can play the wing and center. So he's got a solid 200 foot game and can contribute in a variety of ways. Those are the type of players that you're looking to pick up, uh, at the trade deadline. Again, I wouldn't want to see my Montreal Canadiens get him because he brings already what we have. We're looking for more high-end skill, but it doesn't mean that he can't help out the middle six of teams like Toronto, like Boston, like uh, Dallas, who's just middling right now. But, you know, they were in the cup final last year. They're trying to make a push. A team that needs versatility, unlike your boys that just need that puck to go in the back of the net more often than not. Yeah, buddy. The biggest surprise on the trade block for me is Chris Dreiger. I mean, I shouldn't be too shocked. The guy's only got 32 games of NHL experience, but he's got a sterling save percentage and record. I mean, or in goals against average, 208 goals against and 932 save percentage. He's only 26 years old and he's outplayed Bobrovsky this season, the $10 million goalie down in Florida. 
who has started to turn it on as of late. But with Florida just signing their top prospect, and I think he was drafted like 11th overall, Spencer Knight, uh, this goalie, an American goalie. We'll see what they do with Dreiger. I know the Leafs were kind of considering it, not now with Jack Campbell playing the way he has, but I'm sure a team could use some goalie help. Maybe Carolina? Yeah, the Canes. Who who wouldn't need assistance? I mean, a good goalie, it's hard to find these days, right? Yeah, man. It's going to be hard to get done within the division, though, Carolina and Florida, but they might have to pay a higher price. But he'd be a nice addition for them. I do want to talk about Montreal and Toronto last night. It was a good game. It was a tight game. Uh, a lot of the action happened in at one end for both teams. In the first period, Toronto dominated on the side. Then Montreal dominated. Then Toronto got ahead, and Montreal got really close to pulling it through. Um, but it just goes to show you having game-breaking players is so clutch. Having guys like Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews can really dictate how a team wins in those tight matchups. And that's why I'm really sad for my Montreal Canadiens because they just don't seem to have that quality type of player. And they're going to need it because right now they're playing four games a week for the next five straight weeks. This was the first one. Yeah, so they're going to be in tight and tired. I do want to give a shout out to Jack Campbell, even though he beat Canada at the World Juniors. I remember watching that as a little kid. Um, was so mad at him, and he hasn't had a great NHL career from most standpoints, but started the season uh, 10-0, first Leafs goalie ever to do such a thing in 104 years of their franchise history, and he looks like the real deal right now at 28. Maybe he figured some things out. I know goalies can take a little bit longer. Tim Thomas didn't really break into the NHL on a high-end elite basis until he was 33 and played till he was 40, so... Hey, maybe the Leafs have found their goalie. I'm hoping not, though, because I'd like to see them fall out of that first spot and out of the playoffs whenever that happens. But, hey, could be their year. Anything can happen. Matt, it's funny, you know, me thinking about Toronto and having a goalie that is, like, highly reliable and elite. Because I feel like if any position for the Toronto Maple Leafs has, like, the biggest mental hurdle to overcome, it's got to be the goalie position because the fans are just brutal. But, hey, Matt, it's exciting at least for your team to, you know, put up, show up against the best team in the league right now. And, unfortunately, you're right. You're missing this or that. And hopefully come playoffs time, it'll be a different story. Yeah, man. You're right, though. It's just uh, fan expectation on goalies can be brutal, especially in Montreal and Toronto. Um, but they're they're loving, loving Jack Campbell right now in Toronto. I mean, they're sitting top of the league. Why wouldn't they, Matt? Exactly, buddy. But I think that's that's enough for the, the rink. You want to go to the hardwood? Perfect. Yes, let's do it. Matt, I found the COVID report this week. One hey. positive player. I'm happy. I don't know. Maybe they're just messing with this week. I still couldn't find last week's. But thankfully, very simple week for COVID, unlike the NHL, which is burning and going wild on the injury side of things gordon hayward has a foot sprain so he's gonna miss four weeks tough for the hawks who were i mean sorry tough for the hornets even without Lamelo, man they've been playing well that, that's the thing right like they're sitting 26 and 24 like of the middle teams of the east like without two of arguably their most important players like they're still hanging around so that's gonna be tough four weeks minimum would be a lot to miss a player like Hayward, but uh, hopefully they can keep on the positive end. Yeah, man. Well, we'll see. 
I'd like to see them fall out, though, personally. I mean... I'm just a hater. Yeah, I mean, you got those certain feelings towards certain teams. But let's talk about James Harden, Matt. He got that hamstring re-aggravation injury in that game. He's going to be reevaluated in 10 days. Another net star goes down, and yet they are still the top of the East right now. Yeah, man. Um, Brooklyn's been hot as of late. I mean, I think they're like 8-2 and two in their last 10, even without KD, Kyrie, and Harden all kind of rotating in and out. Uh, Kyrie can drop 40 points. Harden can drop 50 points. Durant gets back and drops 17 points in 18 minutes. I'm That team is just stacked. It's... It's unfair um, how deep they are when you look at Aldridge, Jordan, and Blake Griffin as the other three. Like, it's just wild to me. They are a scary team. They are a tough team. And yeah, their stars are proving that when it comes down to it, if they need to drop 40 to take their team all the way on a night when this player or that player is either not here or even... Matt, which we haven't seen yet, when they're all here and one or two of them decides not to show up. Because I feel like that hasn't happened yet this season either. Now, obviously, they've missed a combined, like, 70 games between the three of them. So it's hard to really tell if there's going to be moments when they're going to falter as a three-headed snake. But right now, I wouldn't want to face Brooklyn come playoff time. (laughs) Nobody. They are a menace. So... Let's uh let's hope that the Philadelphia 76ers potentially could knock them off or my Bucks because uh, I would like to see them make the finals as, as opposed to the Nets. Okay, Matt. Speaking about the Bucks, this Drew Holiday extension has happened. Now, obviously, the Bucks they had to extend him. When you make this trade for this player, give up the assets you do. But a max four year up to a hundred and sixty million dollars for a unreal great guard with Giannis but still that flexibility hurts me Matt when I look at it hey man they locked him up to put him next to Giannis for the foreseeable future you're 100% right nailed it right on the head when you said that they had to do something like this the guy's gonna be making 40 million dollars a year which is absurd but he deserves it, man. That's what NBA players get get paid at the top end, and he's worked himself into a top-end player. But, Matt, is Giannis, Drew, and... Um, Middleton? Middleton, is that enough? Are the three of them enough to win a title in the East when you've got that Nets team, when you've got a Philly team on the rise, when you've got all these young studs? Like, is it enough? Who knows, man? We'll find out come playoff time. I mean, Giannis this week still can't figure out his three-point shot. The guy, you know, drops 47 points in a win against Portland on 18 of 21 shooting, but all three of those misses are threes. So it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be really tough. I like him as a player. I think that, one, they overpaid to get him, and the extension's probably a little bit too much, but that's just the way the NBA is. It's tough, man. It is tough. Time will tell. I mean, I'm a big Bucks fan, especially when we're not in the playoffs. You know, now that we don't have Norm as well to take him down. But uh, I'm happy for Drew. He's a great guard who deserves his money, is a great player, you know, can be a defensive anchor in that position. And uh, time will tell. The East is spicy, though, Matt. I'm excited for the future of the East. Yeah, 
some great players in the East, uh, some some great teams now, and and some up and coming risers too, which is really nice. Hopefully, uh, our Raps can eventually figure this out. But hey, man, there's a lot that happened this week in the NBA. Do you want to talk about that? I mean, there were some crazy games. We can start with Portland and Milwaukee. I mean, Dame doing Dame, Giannis doing Giannis. Like thoughts on that game? Man, it was a show between MVP caliber players. Dame dropping 32, 4, and 5, and Giannis 47, 12, and 2. Man, and he had this unreal block on CJ where he takes it end-to-end for the slam. Giannis pushing himself towards the MVP conversation again? I just think he's invalid, don't you? I mean, I find it funny that I've been hearing him show up in the conversation a lot because obviously, you know, we talked about it in the past weeks. His numbers are MVP worthy. There's a little bit of voter fatigue here and there, but I mean, it's hard. There's so many good players in this league, and Giannis has those back to backs. And giving him three when you consider the the player base that exists right now and the seasons that some of these players are having, like this is the thought process that is going through people's heads, and it's unfortunate, but uh, at least people are talking about it, you know? Yeah, man. I it's hard to argue with his stats. I mean. He's almost averaging 29 six assists, 29.6 assists, almost 12 rebounds on 56% uh, shooting, 30 from three-point, which isn't great, but, you know, at least he's shooting 30%, and the true yep. shooting of 631, like, dang, dude, like, those are some hype numbers, but I think you're right. Voter fatigue, you can't give it to him unless he wins the NBA uh, Finals, so... LeBron should have more that's, than him, for sure. Well, that's it, right? That's the hurdle that he has kind of had to deal with right now because as much as he's had those MVP seasons, as much as he had MVP DPOY last year, he, he stumbles in the playoffs. And obviously, I'm going to mention it. I haven't said it in a few weeks, Matt, surprisingly. Mike Budenhoser still, I can't believe, is the coach of that team because he is a large part of the reason why Giannis's legacy is hurt because of the decisions he's made in the playoffs. But... I don't want to be too negative about this team, Matt. They're still doing well. They're sitting up top in the East. You know, not top, top, but up top. So the future is bright for Milwaukee as long as Giannis can maybe hit those threes. Yeah, which is going to be a a big ask, man. Um, There wasn't really any big games on Saturday, but there were some pretty good performances by a couple of teams and, and players alike. Utah, buddy, absolutely smacked Orlando. Killed them. You know, after uh, we had that epic win against the Warriors on Friday, the Jazz had to prove that they are still the top of the league with this beatdown of the Magic. I mean, they set a record for threes and a half. Like, I I felt like, I felt kind of bad for the Magic when I was looking at this box score because it was just the Jazz having their way with this team. Yeah, man. And nobody even scored more than 22 points. Donovan Mitchell on 8 of 11 shooting. Like, they did it by committee, and you're right. Guys were just draining threes. They only have three players who played regular minutes, not attempt a three. Oosh, big ouch. I mean, hey, you also have to look at the Magic. They only had eight players play. They've got injuries. They've got COVID. They've got, you know, things left and right. So it's tough for this team to have to go up against the juggernaut and the Jazz. But, yeah, looking at the spread of points, like... It would have been fun to watch this game as a Jazz fan because you were probably just watching great basketball, good team play, great ball rotation, like, and just a pure beatdown. Like, that's the extent of it. Kind of what they were watching all season, man. 
That's why they're so good. It's that ball movement and three-point shooting for that team. It's good to be a Jazz fan right now, man. Yeah, man. Just like it's good to be a Cat fan, I guess, because he's he's gotten back from injury, and even in that loss on uh, Saturday night against Philadelphia, he gave Embiid the business, man. Embiid, the MVP candidate, the guy who is the most dominant center in the NBA, Cat dropped 39-14-5 with a ferocious dunk over top of the man. Honestly, I... I love that they both had double-digit free throws. Like, you could tell that they were going back and forth at each other all night. Cat had to get, you know, all those six fouls at the end of the game. Like, you could tell it was a battle of the bigs. And, you know, that's what we want out of these stars. Like, obviously, Embiid and his team, like, Philly has embraced the process and they've figured out and, you know, come into a bright future. And it's kind of the opposite end on the Timberwolves side of things because Cat is you know, probably a talent that could compete with Embiid on a day-to-day basis, but the team around him, the organization around him, they've just honestly let him down over the years. Yeah, man. I mean, he was a superstar when he entered into the league, and now at 25 years old, he's he's starting to hit his prime, like major prime, and at this point, they don't have a team around him. That Anthony Edwards kid has really started to turn it on as of late, but besides that, they've got nothing else. They uh, they uh, have embraced the tank and they don't want to get out of it. I mean, Matt, I, I remember I was talking with a buddy of mine a few weeks ago about like mentality, right? When the Raptors were starting to falter and, you know, I was starting to embrace the potential tank life. And I was explaining how, you know, for our players, it might be hard to do that because they have that winning mentality. Their culture is built around winning games. And as much as, you know, in basketball, it's all about winning. This Timberwolves team in the past few years has not had a culture built around winning, as unfortunate as it is to say that. You're 100% right, man. Seep, losing seeps into the organization. And when you can't win on a consistent basis, you can't just throw talented players into that system because it seeps into them that losing is just an everyday thing. And that's a hard mentality to break, man. Sports is almost 90% mental. And when you can't win, you just can't win. Like, I'll talk about Andrew Wiggins and Golden State. Like, people are talking about Wiggins as being a serviceable NBA player, being a good NBA player. And his confidence is coming back on Golden State. But, Matt, he's still a bust. Simply because of what his expectations were, what his potential were allowed him to be, you know, falling back, becoming a good role player, becoming a player who can, you know, put up good numbers on a great team, like, Sure, that's good and all, but you were supposed to be great. And honestly, the Timberwolves had a big part in the reason why I think that his mentality may have been broken early in his career. You know what, man? That's actually a really good point, and I've never really thought about that with him. Considering he's like one of the top 10 scorers in the NBA since he's arrived uh, in the in the big leagues, like it's hard to call him a bust, but you're right. The expectations were that he was going to be you know, the, the Maple Jordan or the LeBron James of the North, and, and he's let that down for sure. And that that Minnesota team, dude, definitely is a reason why. Okay, well, we're talking about Wiggins now. He had a decent game on the 4th in that loss to Atlanta, you know, put up 16, 6 3 for 7. Curry had 37, but the Hawks, man. Gallinari had a great game. Clint Capella, 24-18, and 18, like... I'm happy when Atlanta wins, even if you're not. 
Man, Danilo Gallinari proven why the Clippers should have kept him in Shea. Um, but you're right, man. Atlanta pulled it out. Trey Young doesn't even have that fantastic of a game. He's actually off on his shooting, and Steph Curry puts him in his place, shows him who the best guard in the NBA is. I mean, him and Lillard, but uh, <laughs> yeah, buddy. I couldn't believe Atlanta pulled that one out. Honestly, it's those uh, Lemon Pepper Lou wings. He dropped 15 points for Atlanta. Look, it's a lot of different things. It was an interesting game all around. Hawks got their third straight victory in that game. So, you know, important win for them. Warriors, they're si- they're sitting 10th in the West right now, Matt. They've still been trying really hard to break over that 500 mark. And, I mean, Curry's been playing unreal, but the confidence that I had in this team at the beginning of the year is slowly starting to wane as we go further on. Yeah, man, it's tough out there. Um I'm pretty sure I had them in that last eight spot. They might still squeak into it, but it's getting tight and it's getting tougher and tougher by the day. So who knows, man, but honest and positive news from that night, the Vucevic trade finally works out for Chicago and they unseed uh, the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, granted, they didn't play uh, Durant, <laughs> Harden, or DeAndre Jordan, but hey, hey man, hey man, give, Vuce, give Vucevic's credit, 22 points, 13 rebounds. You know, the Bulls got their win. Let's hope that this is a big positive for them. That was a, the end of a six-game streak, right? Like, I still have a lot of faith in this team. I still have a lot of hope as their chemistry issues start to get resolved, as they start to come together more. And remember, Matt, we had a conversation just a few minutes ago about winning mentality. The Bulls have to get to that point and believe in themselves as a winning organization again because they haven't had that in a while. And they have all the right pieces. They have the young talent. And Vucevic is a proven center in the league. So if not this season, Matt, next season I think they could come out and be very strong from the get-go. Dude, they're going to have to figure it out if they want anything to do with this season because 20 games left, it's going to be tough to make up the ground at this point. Oh, man, there's only 20 games left in the season? Yeah, man, for some teams, it's getting down there. Most teams have played 52 only 72 this season, so we'll see how it shakes out. I April 5th was probably the best uh, NBA games this week. We had Phoenix versus Houston. We had Dallas versus Utah. And we had New York versus Brooklyn, man. Where do you want to start? I mean, I think we have to talk about Phoenix and the Rockets because the fact that the Phoenix Suns only won by three points. Devin Booker dropping 36? Like, that's the one that most intrigues me, Matt. Oh, man. Aiton dropped 27 and 11. Booker dropped 36, 6 and 6. You're right, man. It was a it was a great game considering Phoenix is second and Houston's second last. But, hey, that new three-headed monster in uh, in uh, Houston, Olenek, Porter, and Wood, maybe they could do some damage? Hey, man. Give out some credit to Jay Sean Tate as well. This rookie whose name I had never heard before, coming out, you know, 31 minutes, 18 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 7 for 12, 3 for 5, you know, 4 turnovers. But that's a rookie, right? Like, this Rockets team is so weird. Like, I want to believe in them. I want them to be good. But they're just so young, so weird. And, like, 
I mean, I'm happy that Kelly Olynyk is going to get to put up numbers on a bad team, I guess. I don't know, Matt. Yeah. Uh, maybe he can get himself some more money, even though he makes $13 million a season as a middling NBA player. Those guys get paid way too much. Anyways. Oh, man. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to move on. What were you going to say? No, man, I, I was just going to joke about how, you know, that's just how, because so many people care about the league and pay attention and there's this and that for all the money that, you know, even if you are a, a nobody in the league, you can still make money because that's just how the sport works. Yeah, buddy. But onto a guy who doesn't get paid for what he's doing, I want to talk about the New York Knicks and, and Brooklyn because Julius Randle... Dropped a triple-double, 19-15-12. Still couldn't get that win, and his son was so disheartened about it. So sad. Probably the best like live clip I've seen of a sad baby this year, as funny it is to say that. That kid was so invested and is so anti-Nets, you love to see it. <laughs> Man. I hate Brooklyn. I hate <laughs> Brooklyn. <laughs> so cute. That's a, so funny. a rivalry, Matt. That's a rivalry now when your infant child is that invested in your win, especially when you have a night like that. You know that kid was just bouncing, hoping that his dad could pull it through. Oh, too bad, man. Too bad. Kyrie is too much of a monster all on his, all on his own. And the last game of that night, man, a shocker. Dallas pulls out the win against the number one team in the NBA. They they get that huge, huge performance from Luka, 31-9-8. And, and Donovan Mitchell was off, 0-8 of from 3, 6-23 of 23 from the field. Just a fluke, or is that Luka Magic, baby? That's got to be Luka Magic, you know. Kristaps was sitting, so Luka knew he had to pull it out to really make it happen. And, I mean, you know, his stats... Well, not amazing, like 11 for 26, you know, he's definitely chucking up a couple shots, 6 for 11 on threes, yes please, Luca. like, he just does everything that you could possibly want on the court, I'll still stand by it, Matt, if I'm gonna build a team around anybody, I want Luka Doncic these days. 100%, buddy, I ain't going for nobody else, you know it. <laughs> Alright, anything else about that game, or should we keep moving on, move on to the next days? Oh, we can move on to the, the game where Golden State pulled it out versus Milwaukee. Curry goes off for 41-6-4. He was 5 of 10 from deep, 14 of 21 from the field. I mean, they didn't have Giannis, but hey, man, 122-121 win. Let's go, Golden State. I mean, Drew Holiday put up 29 in that game, you know, trying to prove why he deserves the money. But yeah, that's a big win for Golden State, a big win. For Steph, I mean, 41 points. You love to see it from him. 5 for 10 from 3. A one-point win against the Milwaukee Bucks. I feel like anybody in the league is going to take that. Yeah, man. You got to take the wins any way that they come, right? And getting uh, a one-point win or a 10-point win, they all count the same. Exactly. At the end of the day, especially with only so many games left in the season... You got to get wins as much as you can. All right, Matt, moving on to the next day. You want to talk about Boston and New York? Because that was a bit of a banger. Man, big banger with, you know, Jalen Brown putting down 32 and 10. And your boy, RJ Barrett, six of six from deep, bro. He had 29 points. How does this man always get slept on? Honestly, 
it's just because, you know, one, two in that draft, Zion and Ja, and the seasons they had, the names that they had, and, you know, RJ did not come out swinging last year, but he has been on a steady increase, you know, his name, his talent, it's all slowly figured it out, and he is on pace to become a very, very good NBA player, you know, especially for New York Knicks teams that need somebody of his caliber, you know, a young stud to come up and be the face of a team. Dude, he's only 20 years old, and I know that we're impatient in today's society and that we need to get it all done as fast as possible, <laughs> but the guy's shooting better. He's hitting better from three. Like, I've got full faith that he can eventually become a dominant, dominant player in the NBA. Honestly, I was a big fan of him. You know, Canadian kid, how can we not be big fans? But, you know, the Knicks are on the rise. You know, Julius Randle has been a big presence, you know, as the veteran in that locker room. Um, you know, they're figuring out, even D. Rose has been a good presence as well. Um, but if Barrett can keep doing what he's doing, I think this team could sneak into the playoffs and, you know, have some fun for New York Knicks fans basketball for the first time in a while. Yeah, man. I don't think they've been to the playoffs in like at least eight or nine years since Carmelo was good. I don't think it's been since I've been truly following the NBA. So, uh, I mean, it's the Mecca of basketball, right? You know, if Brooklyn is doing what Brooklyn's doing and the Knicks get left behind and aren't in the playoffs. Oh, that would be really sad for a lot of fans. At least Stephen A would be finally happy. <laughs> I mean, hey, yeah, Stephen A, whatever. Okay, Matt, Phoenix, Utah. The banger from last night, this OT win, the Suns, they get the win. I'm sad I didn't watch this game, Matt, because everything I'm hearing, all the rave, people are saying that, like, we want a series of these two teams because as far as it stands, Phoenix and Utah, they're the best teams in the West right now. Yeah, man, in the association. I mean, Utah was on a nine-game uh, win streak before they lost to... Um, man, who'd they lose to? We just mentioned it. Um, the, the Mavericks? Dallas? Yes. Come on, man. <laughs> well done. Uh, I was <laughs> blanking too, dude. Don't worry. <laughs> and then they lost their second straight against the Phoenix Suns, who pulled it out, who are right now the hottest team in the NBA. Uh, Seven-game win streak, nine and one in their last ten. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, they figured something out there where they've got this chemistry and everybody knows their role, everybody fits into it. And Chris Paul, man, just can't talk enough about that guy. I think we mention him every week as an ageless wonder and as a guy who nobody wanted, who just turns teams around. I mean, look at OKC last year and look at Phoenix this year, man. Why? I mean... It's so true. Matt, the craziest part about this win is that Devin Booker went 0 for 6 from 3. Like, still put up 35 points, 9 for 10 from the field for free throws. Like, CP3, 29 points. Like, leading the way with 9 assists. Like, for a team to beat the Utah Jazz, you know, when Rudy Gobert is putting up 16 and 18, when Donovan Mitchell drops 41, like, it is a masterclass. You know, it is a strong showing that this Phoenix Suns team that showed up in the bubble last year was not a fluke. And adding a player like Chris Paul, who again, yes, ageless wonder, can take them to where they need to be, which is not contenders at this point. It's it's very true, man. Uh, I used to watch PTI and uh, Mike Blobon always used to say Phoenix is uh, four years away. And uh, he was finally right. They finally showed up. <laughs> so true. Okay, Matt, thoughts before we move into Raptors chat? Ah. Uh. Nah, man, just 
the NBA is such a wild place. It's kind of shaking out the way that we probably anticipated. We've got we've got some surprising teams like Charlotte and and the Knicks. Um, LA's falling. Phoenix is up higher than I anticipated. Um, Memphis just sneaking in there, man. Both Memphis and Dallas in that Western Conference are surging towards the playoffs. Seven and three, both of them their last ten, and on some good win streaks. You love to see it, right? I mean, I always believed in Memphis. I mean, I'm not sure if uh, Triple J is back yet. Because uh, if they've been making this run without Jaron Jackson Jr. coming back, that is even more impressive. But uh, I hope for Memphis. You know, I want Dallas, obviously, as well. I mean, we, you and I both had Dallas very high up on our standings at the beginning of the year. But crazy weeks, Matt. It'll only get crazier as we get closer to the playoffs. Dude, Triple J isn't even back. So oh it's going to be nice when he does. Yeah, and they're, they're doing it by committee, man. They've got, you know, some really good scores between Jonas, uh, uh, Dylan Brooks, and uh, John Morant. Even Kyle Anderson's pretty good. Kyle Anderson's been playing very well. They've got a team out there, so so we'll see how it shakes out for them. Hopefully they can make the playoffs, but they'll probably just get swept by Utah, wouldn't you think? I mean, pro- probably. Or the Suns, or the Lakers, or the... No, anyways, okay. Let's let's move into Raptors chat before we get sad about JV and his future because that man is a champion. But weird week, Matt. You almost did it to us. You almost had the reverse fade happen to us. That game against the Warriors, Matt. We have to start there. A 53, 52 point win. Like, okay, no Curry, no Draymond. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. But what a win for the boys, right, dude? Now. They were up 61 at one point. It was freaking wild. Pascal Siakam enjoying his 27th birthday by dropping 36 points. Like, what? Where was yeah. this? Where's this been all season? I mean, it's that plus 42 from Gary Trent Jr., you know, making history, right? Like, th- this win was the second largest margin in history. I'm pretty sure, like... It was a great mental boost for the boys. You know, Gary Trent Jr. having a a banger of a game coming back after those first two starts. Like, I'm excited for our future, you know, even if we are needing L's right now. Dude, I'm excited for the future between, I think we've got four really good players to build around in Siakam, OG, Gary Trent, and Van Vliet. And in that game, I know Van Vliet came out early. He He was hurt, but... Trent, Ananobi, and Siakam, all plus 43 or more. 54 for Gary Trent, like you mentioned, and Siakam plus 49. Like, dang, boys. Like, putting in the work. Love it. Honestly, it was a big mental boost. It was something that we needed. Honestly, talking about the rest of the games is moot. Like, all I care about against that Wizards game is that Gary Trent buzzer beater. Like, oh, it was beautiful. OG was decisive and aggressive in that game. Bembry was unreal down the stretch, you know, I mean, against the Wizards, Westbrook had a triple-double basically in the first half, like, that's all good and great, but you couldn't close to finish the game until you had that three-pointer that made Gary have to do his crazy buzzer beater, like, it was a wild game, Matt. Dude, Gary Trent Jr., a real one, man. I'm (laughs) so excited about him on our team. Uh, He was a great, great trade asset. Uh, the guy's 22, so he's the same age as Malachi Flynn, our first-round pick from this year. And he has just been putting on a show lately. That buzzer beater was unreal. He dropped a career high, like, stood up for OG in the fight against the Lakers. 
I love it, man. Very next game, right? Like, going from buzzer beater to, like, defending his boy. I guess we have to talk about that OG incident, you know? Him just picking up uh, Dennis Schroeder like he's a piece of paper and suplexing him to the ground without even trying. Like, I've heard so many different thoughts on, you know, what happened, this or the other thing. But at the end of the day, it was an unfortunate incident. OG got fouled hard, and whether he you know, lost his frustrations or was trying to pick him up or straight up was just like, oh, dude, wow, I can't believe you fell. How did that happen? Like, you could see he was slightly confused on his face, but a weird situation all around. Yeah, he didn't even look like he tried that hard to pick him up. You're right. He looked like a piece of paper and just flipped him to the ground and everyone's getting involved. It was a, it was a very weird incident. The weirdest part about that game was a resurgent Mark Gasol, buddy. Like, oh, man. the guy killed us. Where was that last year in the playoffs? And the Lakers are like, where's that been all season? 13-9-5. Get he out of here. Men- he had a mental moment where he, um, you know, was a reviving. You know, he saw the Toronto jerseys and was like, ah, yes, I remember my time at the top. I don't know. Gasol had a game. I'm always happy to see him play well. You know, he's been frustrated with the whole Drummond thing. And, you know. On the one hand, yeah, rightly so. You can be frustrated. But on the other hand, you haven't been showing up, and this is a championship team that needs more. So, of course, they're going to look to get a guy like, you know, Drummond. But I guess I'm happy for him, even if it was, you know, part of the reason why we took an L. Yeah. Uh, whatever, man. I'm not super happy that he, he showed up in the one game against us. I do want to call out Malachi Flynn, who has been actually balling for the Raptors lately in his last three games guys picked it up he's he's starting to integrate well into the team and you gotta love to see that i mean hey we might be seeing uh we might be seeing uh tonight uh a malachi flynn gary trent jr starting backcourt with all of the injuries and you know with bembry and fred now being suspended for a game like i wouldn't mind seeing it that could be fun yeah man i can't believe fred got suspended for a game that's so bs i mean it happens because he jumped off the bench and as soon as you get off the bench in any sport you're gonna get ejected and, and suspended but ugh, why you gotta do it to us like that we're already I mean, man pain. mans was just trying to come and protect his new young important piece to the team because montrez was pissed that guy came very aggressive you know in that incident and you know I'm glad that the heated moment didn't go further because uh, suspensions without any arms being thrown or anything, like I get it, but uh, it definitely could have been worse. Definitely could have been worse, man. People throw punches in these kind of fights normally in the NBA, but hey, it got away, got away from us, got away from OG. He didn't mean to do it, but I'm, I'm upset that they got suspended. Hopefully we don't need them, but... I'm going to say that we probably do, and we're going to have a pretty bad week. I mean, you know, the last comment I'll make is that uh, as much as it was unfortunate, man, that clip of him picking up Schroeder is really funny. It it really is <laughs> just really funny. Just the, the way that Schroeder just, like, gets absolutely dunked down because he just gets picked up the leg. But, yeah, m- moving on, these games this week, yeah, such a weird week, Matt. Five games, I guess, to talk about. Bulls tonight, Cavs Saturday. Knicks Sunday, Hawks Tuesday, and Spurs Wednesday. All of these games against teams that need wins. So, I mean, if we don't show up, we're going to take L's for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, you've got the Chicago Bulls just a little bit ahead of us who need wins to stay in for that playing game. The New York Knicks also in the eighth seed. The Hawks at five, but everybody's right piled on top of them, behind them. 
and the Spurs, who are just hanging on to that ninth seed in the West. So if we don't show up, we could get real bounce this week. But I want it. Give me Kate. my favorite part. My favorite part is you you skip over the Cavs on Saturday, who, in, in you know, in they, at the end of the day, they're an irrelevant team in terms of the playoff race. But those are the teams that the refs always lose to in the long run. You know what I mean? Like it always happens to us. So this it's season, gonna, yes, yeah, oh. yeah, exactly. Oh, it's tough, man. But I'm hoping for some some big you know moments from our young guys. You know, with all the injuries that we have, I hope Gary Trent can continue on this trend that he's been on. You know, Malachi Flynn getting time to play, getting time to prove himself is always a big win. And especially against some of these teams that I don't want to say aren't extremely tough to beat, but we're not facing the cream of the crop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%, man. It'd be a lot harder to throw them out there against the Utah Jazz and Phoenix Suns than it would be <sighs> against Cleveland and, and the Knicks. So even though the Knicks are playing well, but... It should be some fun games, Matt. I'm excited to get to watch them. My ski season is ending, so I'm not going to be working at night anymore. So I'm not going to be missing like 60% of the games. So hopefully some bangers get to be watched this week. Yeah, man. Hopefully uh, you get some banger games. Um, you know, lots of sports on. Marissa's going to kill me because Montreal plays so often and, and I want to watch my raps, but you got to do what you got to do, buddy. Hey, man, it's that time of year, okay? We have our off-seasons, we have our downtimes. Just because COVID made it so that our off-seasons are shorter and in weird places and not as normal, like, it'll all get back to normal hopefully within a year or two, all right? We're getting there. Yeah, exactly. We're getting there. Okay, Matt, a little bit more rasp before we throw it out because we've got some time. I want to ask you a question about Fred and Pascal because you talked about how we have four really young pieces to build around in the future. But if you just take Fred and Pascal right in a vacuum by themselves do you think that the two of them with their potential could lead a team to a title if built properly unfortunately i don't man i don't think pascal and freddie can can lead a team just the two of them as the as the true star players that's why i got a lot of hope for the prince and star boy out here gary trent jr and og and kind of being the new pascal and fred they're both a little bit younger, got some more time to hit their prime, and they look just as good, if not better, than these guys. Pascal, to me, just, he's too selfish to be the number one guy. When everything's going well, it's because of him, and when it's not, it's everybody else's fault. That's kind of the feeling that I get from him, and Fred is not too far off that selfishness. So you need team guys, you need team players, and you need guys who can win in the clutch, and they both don't seem to do that we're almost in that weird situation where we've kind of pushed that reset you know with that championship in between where you know we had Lowry and DeRozan and we had a really really good team and now we have Pascal and Fred with some young pieces under them and a really good team like is it crazy to think that we're two years out from another Kawhi like deal that sends either Pascal or Fred to a team with OG and Gary Trent coming like this is the beauty of our organization, the, you know, what I love about the Gary Trent Jr. trade, the the options that it gives us, right? And I'm excited, you know, the fact that he has been able to come in, you know, see this as an opportunity to put up numbers to show that he is a starting caliber player and he's young to make a friendship with OG as quick as they are, you know, the amount of times that he was like retweeting that picture of the two of them, like, 
you know, it's exciting times, Matt, which is crazy to think, you know, when we are a below 500 team that we are excited about this team. Yeah, man, it's definitely not the old days of, um, you know, gloom and doom in Raptors land. We've got some nice pieces. You're right. We can make some good trades. And in Masai, we trust, man. The guy's going to, he said that he wanted to stick, stick around. So hopefully he does because he's the architect who's building this team and has kept us at least in the conversation for contention for the last seven or eight years. Time will tell, you know. The only thing that I want to bring up before we close this out is it's about Lowry, man. I really do want to see him go next year. Like, I want the young studs to have the opportunity to come out and, you know, play every minute. Because I'm thinking about Gary Trent, right? And how if Ra- if if Lowry wasn't injured, if if Fred wasn't injured, if we didn't trade all those guards away, right? Like, would he have been able to you know, have these moments. He had that buzzer beater. Would he have that plus 50? Like, I don't know, right? And so it's sad to say, but I want to see a team without Lowry next year because I want us to embrace the rebuild. Yeah, man. I I really want us to embrace the rebuild. Um, I do want to see us get something for Kyle Lowry if we're going to trade yeah. him um, or let him go in the, in the summertime. But hey, we'll we'll see what happens. That's the hope, right? Okay, Matt. Predictions. Let's get into it. You want to go first this week and try your luck at something? Dude, I'm going to double down. Raps are going 0-5. Give me Cade. Give me Cade. Yeah, this this went oh so well for you last week. Anyways, uh, at least our game hasn't started and we aren't already winning. But okay. Yeah, we all want Cade. Okay, my side of things. A few weeks ago, I put a lot of faith in the best team in the NBA and the Utah Jazz to get to 30 wins. And they scared me, Matt. They really scared me. But they did it. So, I'm looking at the games ahead. They're sitting at 38. The Nets have 36. The Suns have 36. I think there's a lot of positivity. They got the Kings, the Wizards, the Thunder, the Pacers, and the Blazers ahead of them. I'm confidently going to say the Jazz are going to be the first team to 40 wins. And it's going to happen this week. Damn, dude. I put your faith, faith in them. They've got the Kings and the Wiz. So, maybe some easy wins. but That's what I'm hoping, right? Some free some free wins before Monday, but hey, <laughs> time will tell. All right, anything else, my dude, or shall we close out? Nah, man, you can close it out. Beautiful. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. You can check out more from us at theboardsports.net. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. This podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Follow us for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.